and welcome to the F1 Rearview Podcast, the one-year anniversary of the F1 Rearview Podcast. Let's get that out there before we do anything else Get today. in, lads! It's officially a year since we did our first episode, which was at the the last race of last season. I don't know why we decided to do it. We, that was, I don't know, that's what we decided it's to it do. Took, it took us the whole season to come up with a name. That's true, <laughs> it, it did. Come up with did. a name for the podcast. <laughs> but it's been officially a year now. Abu Dhabi will always be the the anniversary of the podcast, which makes no sense. Um, But we've done a year. So thank you so much to all of you wonderful listeners and viewers, if you're watching on YouTube, that have stuck with us um, for the past year. I mean, probably most of you haven't been with us for a year. You've probably come in in the past few months when we started to pick up a bit more. But again, thank you so much to everyone that comes in every weekend and listens. It it really is amazing. And I think my wonderful co-hosts, Ruth and Reese, would agree with me in that sense. Yeah, it's got to be said. Thank you to all five of you who keep viewing every week. Exactly. It Thank you very lot. much. My sister <laughs> is one of them. Shout out to Hannah. Yeah, my mum as well. And Hi, Liam Busby. He's always Hi, Diane. I have a massive shout out to Brusby. Brusby One boy. of our loyal, loyal <laughs> listeners. He gets in contact on Twitter quite a lot. And you can too from 93 days from now or whenever it is. He even um, suggested us the other day. Did you see that? Did he? Someone was asking for a new F1 podcast and he put our name forward. And then that guy oh, started following us. So I Liam. hope he's listening. Shout out to that guy. Um, anyway, well done, Liam. Uh, this should be episode 17 of the F1 Review podcast. Instead, it's episode 16 because episode 16, which should have come last week, it didn't. And I think we all had a bit of a mental breakdown because everything just went wrong. It didn't record properly. And it and we just didn't want to have to read it all over again because it wouldn't have been the same for you guys. So we ended. We decided we just wouldn't give you anything instead. Um, we got so, to the end of the podcast, we should say. We got right through to yeah. the predictions at the end. And then the call cut out for me and I was like, hold on, what's going on? Yeah. Turns out the laptop overheated. Yeah. And then we we literally managed to squeeze the rear view in like a two-hour gap that we had between uni work. Exactly. So there was, there was no other time in the week to record it. As I'm sure many of you are aware that, that watch the podcast, we're in our final year of uni, so we've got a lot of work going on at the moment. We, we, we just don't have time for re-recording things. Like, we've got a slot today that we're going to be doing this episode and also next week episode because we're so busy that we don't have next week. So the season review is going to be recorded right after this episode. Um, was, and that's I was going to so. change my shirt. I was oh. going to do the magic Italian change. You're going to sure. try and keep. We can do, still do that, but you know, I mean, there might be news next week that we don't uh, we don't talk about. But anyway, um, Abu Dhabi has been. I think we should start off by talking about the race we didn't start about last week, Bahrain, because it's a quick recap. But that was a very good race, and I feel like we could probably spend more time talking about that than we could Abu Dhabi. Um, really quick, quick recap then, and, and I will just dip in for a couple of opinions from you guys here very quickly. Um, Russell in that Merc obviously we saw we spoke we spoke about it lots in the last week's podcast but unfortunately that is gone and never to be recovered um, he was good did we all enjoy Russell in the Merc yeah really yep. enjoyed it should he be there permanently that's another question we'll have to look at that in future but obviously it wasn't to be a win for George in the Merc last week after that massive mess up from Mercedes and that was absolutely gutting for him um, it gave me so many great thumbnail opportunities that will never get to exist so I'm I'm very gutted in that sense. But um, yeah, George Russell could have been a race winner, but wasn't. But you already know that. You've seen that race. And obviously, Sergio Perez went from last place to win the race. Incredible drive from him. And um, he was in the news in this race as well. So we'll get onto that a little bit later. But Sergio Perez, race winner, 
not in a seat next year as of right now. So that is something we need to talk about a little bit later on in the podcast. But let's get on to Abu Dhabi then. That is literally our quick two-minute Bahrain roundup. I'm sorry we didn't bring you an episode on it, but hopefully next year we bring you the Bahrain Grand Prix episode. Um, qualifying then. Are you gonna Are you gonna make sure that your laptop doesn't overheat this time as I'm well? I'm trying very it, hard. It's sounding very loud. It's yeah. sounding ridiculous. Yeah, I did just loud. hear it pick up a bit. Um, I am trying hard. It's. I'm not sure what's happening to it. It likes getting warm at the moment. Um. So hopefully it doesn't. Although if it does, I think I've changed it. So if it does overheat this time, we can still keep the footage, so it won't be anything lost. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um. Right then qualifying i think some of us probably all of us might be inclined to say qualifying was was almost as exciting as the race in the end this weekend um with some some brilliant performances put in especially um the q3 session um verstappen obviously pulled out an incredible and i mean i'm biased but verstappen pulled out an incredible um pole lap from from literally nowhere i don't i think to get past those mercedes and put it on pole also, Lando Norris, another standout performance, I think, from him, managing to equal his best performance um, in qualifying ever. Compared, I think it's, he did it he yep. got fourth. Last time he did it was at the start of the season. I think he got fourth in Austria as well, didn't mm-hmm. he? Uh, and yep. that, I mean, put McLaren in a brilliant position to make up the 10-point the gap they had coming into this weekend um, for challenging Racing Point for third in the Constructors. Obviously, Racing Point got that double podium last weekend. That really gave them a really big advantage. And I know, Reese, you certainly were nervous coming into this weekend that you might lose that third place. But qualifying went exactly your way. Racing Point were on the bad back step from the start. They had an energy penalty for Sergio Perez, put him to the back of the grid. And from there, it was looking tricky for you. Um, but as I say, you put yourselves in a great position for it. And Verstappen got that pole position and I think personally it was incredible um, Mercedes were quick but Hamilton did a very good lap put himself onto provisional pole Bottas came round beat Hamilton's lap by only a few uh, tenths hundred, hundreds a few hundreds <laughs> get that right and then Verstappen units. <laughs> then Verstappen came through and absolutely out of nowhere pulls an incredible pole position lap beating Hamilton and Bottas to the point, um, all within a tenth, I should say, the top three, all within a tenth. What were you guys thinking when Max pulled that from the back? Because I did not see it coming, personally. I saw he had a purple sector, and I was like, oh, Max has got a purple sector. Crosses the line, puts it on pole. It, I mean, I was not expecting it. I'm so used to seeing the Mercedes on pole. What did you guys think, Ruth? I'll go to you first. What was your reaction there? I think no one expected it because it's what he's been trying to do all season and just hasn't been able to but i mean like you were saying there was it was so close between it like Verstappen was a 135.246 Bottas 135.271 Hamilton 135.332 and Norris 135.497 so they were all really fast but um yeah i think like you were saying no one expected when he had that purple sector that he would be able to have pole it was more likely that he was going to split the mercedes so it definitely yeah. mixed the race up a bit from the qualifying definitely did reese what did you think then when then that when that red when that blue sorry blue ver on the timing screen went purple into the top what was your reaction that's my very good description there so i think once bottas crossed the line i wasn't i didn't really realize that anyone else was out for a lap 
Um, so then I looked at my phone and then I heard Crofty go, and it's been purple for the first two seconds. And then I was like, okay, okay, he's going to do this. And yeah. it's just, it's a nice change. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I already had my high of Lando coming coming forth. Yeah. So it's a, it's a nice, it, it was nice to see Max up there. And I think especially, I mean, it was, it's been a Mercedes powered car on pole position for every race this season almost been a Mercedes car apart from that one stroll car on pole this season. So for a Honda powered Red, um, Red Bull to come through and do that, it's like you say, Ruth, what they've been trying to do all season and then to finally get it on that last race of the season on, honestly, I think merit in that qualifying session. I don't think Mercedes were anywhere near as slow as people were making them out to be. Ted said in his notebook, they, yes, did turn down their MGUH and MGUK this, this uh, race, but Mercedes said that was only worth about less than uh, a tenth per lap which yeah. isn't that much so when considering how you know how close it was at the top there i think red bull definitely were up there uh, and i think they can be very much happy with that and we'll have a bit more of a discussion um later on um in not in this episode in the next episode uh, in our season review where we're going to have a look at what that means for next season obviously very similar cars and will they keep going so make sure you tune back in next week to hear our season review to, to go in more depth to what we think that red bull mercedes battle might look like um next year anyway um the race then so qualifying was good let's talk about the race because i think we can all agree as races this season have gone in general there have been some absolute crackers there's been some great races um but this wasn't one of them i think that's fair to say um it was nice to have a dominant race not led by mercedes i think that's fair to say in that sense it was a good race because it was a different winner but it was still a dominant race um but it's one we haven't seen for a good while. At least eight years, I think, Mercedes has been dominating. So seeing Mercedes not necessarily dominate race was very good to watch. Uh, there was some good battling and racing, I think, in the midfield. But it was all thanks to those DRS bits at the back of the track. They were all on the same two corners, pretty much all the overtakes that happened. So this is the question I want to put to you guys. What is wrong with Abu Dhabi? What is wrong with the circuit? Because on paper... It looks like it should be a good circuit. On paper, it's got all the corners, all the straights to make a really good um, race circuit. I think that's fair to say. So I want to hear from you guys. What do you think is wrong and what do you think should change at Abu Dhabi to make it um, a bit better, Reese, I'll go to you first. Just uh, scrap it, I think. You, you think just I don't, get rid of it completely? I, I, uh, I don't know. Um, it's, it's one of those ones that you don't look forward to. Well, I mean, we do because it's the anniversary. <laughs> Um, but um, you just don't look forward to it it's just there's there's no need for it you might as well just give do qualifying and then just give out the points yeah like you can't overtake on the circuit there there is no like it's like when whenever Crofty handed over to Ted like we always watch on Sky for all Mm. the people who are let's say abroad and watching on F1 TV so like when Crofty hands over to Ted and Ted goes yeah, well the problem is you can't overtake on this track Yeah, I think there was only about 8 and 9 overtakes in the entire race Like, mm-hmm. it, it, I, th- I think you're, you're right the corners are there but the straights are too short and the corners are too hairpinny right. let's say Yeah. so they can't get the moves done right okay interesting Ruth what do you think what do you think about Abadali yeah I agree with Reese that you know you just it's hard to overtake there I think number one, you're never going to go to Abu Dhabi and question whether it's going to rain or whether it's going to be too hot or too cold or if there's no weather unpredictability. Mm-hmm. It's 
it's consistent so yeah. you're never going to have that mixerator number two all of the straights are followed by a left right corner so if you try and overtake and you're on the outside you then go to the inside if you try and overtake from the inside you then go on the outside so yeah. either way you know it doesn't really work but um i don't know it something else that i noticed in the race as well just as as another reason Little not notes. to go to Abu Dhabi yeah the there's only a couple of fast corners but if you make a mistake because the corners aren't very fast you don't lose anything by making that mistake mm. you still keep your position i think it was gasly at one point went off the track right and he didn't lose anything from that even though it was a mistake stroll i think it was stroll or maybe it was stroll yeah made a mistake he didn't lose anything because it's not fast enough that that mistake can jeopardize a position yeah it just isn't so i don't know i agree i don't think Abu Dhabi is is a good racetrack and i don't think it should be on the calendar really yeah go on race what you're saying if someone from f1 turned if someone from f1 turned around to me and they were like you can race at any race of the season which one will it be I'd pick Abu Dhabi. It's like the my first race sort of thing. You know, you, there's there's no real danger of of anything happening as long as you know the racing lines. You know, like yeah. Well, as long as as long as qualifying happens and you get a good quality and you get a good off a good the line, the nothing nothing really happens. Yeah, I think yeah. You can tell there's something wrong with a racetrack when um, Ruth and Reese agree on there being something wrong. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the main. I was half expecting Ruth to go, "What? That was a great race." Um, she loves to be the devil's advocate. Um, but for, yeah, for me, I feel like it, 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 it. I think maybe there's a correlation between it being the last race and the most boring race. Maybe the teams are turning down the engines. They're not going for for max speed. The you know the engines are approaching their max mileage, as it were. Um, but that being said, I also think the circuit is laid out. I mean, like I said, it's a very good circuit on paper. And I think that is almost its downfall because it is laid out so well. It makes it tricky for anyone to get the wrong racing line. Like you say, Reese, it's so hard to mess up on it because it is laid out so perfectly. Um, I almost think it's quite similar to... Sorry, I just punched my microphone. I almost think it's quite similar to a go-karting track in that sense. Which obviously, these guys, that's their bread and butter. It's very well laid out. It's very easy. And like you say, it could be my first F1 circuit sort of thing. It's a beginner circuit. You can't do much wrong on it. Um, although saying that, the Abu Dhabi circuit does have a few different variations. It can ha- it can be laid out in different ways. It never has been in Formula 1. But if you look at an aerial shot of the track, there's tarmac going everywhere. Because there are different variations of the circuit that, that can be done. So maybe that's what like, F1 needs like to experiment Like the Bahrain Outer Ring. Like the bar in Outering, exactly. So maybe that's something F1 need to experiment with with the Abu Dhabi um, promoters and things and try and work out a, a variation of the track which makes more fun racing. I don't know, maybe adding in some, some trickier corners, longer straights, who knows. Um, another problem I think I personally argue that race had was the fact that there was no... And I, I don't want to see crashes in Formula 1. You never want to see a driver get hurt. But there was no drama in that sense. There was only one DNF, and that came to Sergio Perez, who obviously it was a mechanical issue. It had nothing to do with the circuit, really. Um, so that's another issue I think it could have. It needs a bit more drama added in. I don't know how you can... The circuit maybe can't do that. But at the same time, you'd, I'd like to see something a little bit more like that. Um, but it was, of course... Go on. Go on. Something else I just noticed uh, real quick is um, in the race, 
um, when the safety car came up to begin with, Mercedes did a double stack on Hamilton and Bottas. Yeah. Where in previous races, they would have left one of them out because they weren't in the lead. They would have left one of them out, i.e. Hamilton in this situation, to go to the front of the pack and then see what can happen later on in the race. Yeah, so exactly. I think that they were just playing it safe. I mean, they'd already won, but they were playing it safe on the cars. Um, to keep the podium. And just, uh, yeah, to keep the podium, to keep everyone in the team happy, to be like, look, you've both done the exact same thing. Yeah. I reckon if this race, if, they, if it was last weekend, if um, if we still had another race weekend to go, we would have seen Lewis push to the front of the pack, and then that's something else to watch. Can Hamilton pull out a gap? He always does. Yeah, but yeah. can Hamilton pull out the gap? And then where will he pit? Where will he come out? Sort of thing. But we didn't have any of that in this race. Yeah, I agree. I think that's very true. I think, yeah, I think that was another thing. I think the tyres would be anything that were going to look interesting because obviously some people on medium, some people on soft, some people even went hard. So to see how that would have played out in the whole race would have been really interesting. But that was neutralised by that Paria safety car. Everyone just came with the hards on. I so, think the, the only person. person... We saw... <laughs> I think we're, we're about, about to say the same thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> I think the only person who um, stayed out on the tyres in that pit stop was Ricardo, who mm. then went 40 laps on medium tyres. And he got a good result worked. from that, to be fair. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, he did. Um, let's talk about that safety car then, because it was Sergio Perez that did DNF, as we said before, which was, I think, very disappointing for Racing Point, but very satisfactory for McLaren, because Racing Point... I think as soon as they saw one of their cars leave that race, saw third place and the constructors fall away because McLaren, again, a flawless race and then pretty much just to secure the points. Where is it? Fourth and sixth you came in the end or fifth and sixth, I think it was? It was fifth and sixth. I'll fifth and sixth. Off. It was a very, very good race from them. Um, and obviously we'll go on to what that properly meant for McLaren a little bit later on. Uh, but first, let's talk more about Perez because it was Perez that lost that Um that that race he was the only one that dnf'd and it could have been his last race i think there, it still could be his last race in formula one that and he retired from it in a very um uninspired way um it's been a running conversation this season i feel like we've said it in pretty much every episode but now the season's done and dusted we can look back at this and we can say it properly and this may be something we should say in the review but i'm going to put it in here red bull 21 Rebel 2021, Perez or Albon, who gets it? I just want to hear it straight away. Ruth, you first. Perez or Albon? Who are you giving it to? I think Albon should get it. I think after the Abu Dhabi race, it, Horner said it himself, it was his best race of the season. You know, he was up there, he was putting pressure on the Mercedes. He has the potential to be a good driver. But if you take a driver with potential at the moment and swap him for someone who isn't going to be in the team as long as Albon could be, and then you set him as a reserve he's not going to improve at all and I don't know how you can expect him to to Mm. then come back in I don't know 2022 whenever it is that they would want him back and then have a better drive it's not going to happen and it's sad that Perez would not get a seat in that case but there's just not enough teams for the amount of drivers yeah and I don't know I just it's always this comparison between having an older more experienced driver or having a younger driver who has potential yeah and could be in the team for longer. And I, I don't know, I just feel like now is the time when you should probably invest in younger drivers who are going to be at the team much longer than an older driver. Mm. Okay, Reese, what do you think, Albon or Perez? Uh, so Ruth made a good point about Albon having a good race, which he did. However, he had a good race on the early learning in my first circuit track. So yeah. 
you know. Um, however, I would... So, if I was Red Bull, okay, this is God's honest truth what I'd do. I'm not saying it to kind of rile people up. I would have approached Vettel to come back to replace Albon because um, Max needs that kind of mentor figure. Like, right. Perez will be good at being that mentor figure, but I reckon if they would have had Vettel in that seat for two more years and then, like, approached him to replace Albon when Albon was at, like, the, the pit of how bad he is. Like, don't get me wrong, he's going back up now, but how long will it take him to reach, you know, what he's promising that he can deliver? Like, he hasn't he hasn't really delivered it yet as such. Like, yes, he's got yeah. a podium, but realistically, it wasn't a proper podium, if you will. Um, but I would have got I would have got Vettel in there. Um, Perez will be another good mentor sort of thing because Verstappen's still young. Everyone forgets how young Verstappen is. He's been yeah. in that car for a long time. He's still young. He like get a mentor figure in there, even though it'll be a bit of like a Verstappen mentor in them, then mentoring Verstappen. But get that older calm head in there to kind of like chill everyone out. We'll get frustrated on the radio, and I feel like that'll get the Red Bull to more of a cohesive team again. Uh, have a couple of steady seasons and then try again with a youngster. I think that's fair enough to say. I think, well, for me, I don't know which one. I'd have both. I honestly, as a Red Bull fan, as long as there is a driver in that car that is consistently getting good points and helping the team get the constructors' points they need to, to beat Mercedes or, or whatever, then that, that's the driver that should be in that car in my eyes. If Albon can do it, Albon should have the seat. If Albon can't do it, Albon shouldn't have the seat. That's as simple as it, it, it can be for me. Um, I'd love to see Alex. I think Alex is a really nice guy. I think he, he comes across, across really well in all the interviews and stuff he does. He seems like such a genuinely good bloke. Um, but if he can't produce the results, being nice isn't everything you can get. Do you know what I mean? It's not It's not enough. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he's a bad guy. Like I yeah. really like the fella. Like I really, really like the fella. I want him to stay in F1. However, yeah. you got to look at the results. Yeah. I'd like to return to that point though. Alex was one of the few drivers who did manage to overtake on the Abu Dhabi track. Mm, he true. overtook Norris. True. Which is a hard track to overtake on. And previously he has shown that he's very good at overtaking. Um and you know, he is shown. But I understand why there's a comparison between him and Perez, but at the same time, like when you look at the driver standings at the moment as they are when this is just finished, he's tied with Science, who is a very good driver in himself. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I just feel like to get rid of him when but, he is obviously improving, it just is so detrimental to a team mm. who have already been renowned for getting rid of drivers much faster than they should have. Pierre Gasly, a prime example yeah. of someone who had a great season this time, had his own maiden win. You know, I feel like the team is just getting a bad reputation think, for constantly getting rid of drivers. Saying that though, looking at the standings as well, Perez is fourth in those standings. Yeah, but Perez then at the same well. time, something we've previously discussed on the mm. on, on the podcast, he is driving in last year's Mercedes. It's true. So, it, well, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Compared, I feel like it's incomparable. You just compared it to science. However, science is arguably in a mid-table to kind of slightly at the top of the table car, whereas Albon should be in a top four car like every weekend, essentially. But he doesn't have the same parts as Verstappen's car. He doesn't have the same well, experience as Verstappen. He hasn't been true. in the team as long as Verstappen. He's against a, a driver who knows the car, who has been with the team much longer than he has, who obviously has a lot more experience. He's a young driver. He's not doing an absolutely awful job. I think so why get rid of him when he's improving? It's something we could spend all day discussing and talking about. And I'm sure this is why Red Bull have 
taken so long to make this decision. I mean, it could have been said, you know, six races ago that Perez could have gone into that Red Bull. And there was just, there was rumours about that then. But Red Bull have taken their time. They haven't made a rash decision. And they just, they've genuinely, I'm sure they've been having this debate in their offices day in, day out. Do we keep Alex? Alex has got so much potential. Yes, but Perez could come in and do instant results for us. Yada, yada, yada. Um, but at the end of the day, they've got to make a decision. And according to Ted Kravitz from Sky Sports, our good mate Ted, one day we'll be on the podcast. Um, he, he's reported, <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be my dreams come true. <laughs> he's reported that um, apparently... Um, it. it that apparently Red Bull have approached Perez. It is expected to be announced in the next few days that Perez will be alongside Max next year. Um, obviously, it's not officially announced, but that is what Sky Sports are reporting. Normally, if Ted something, normally if Ted says something, sorry, and normally if Sky Sports report it, it's true. Uh, with Alox, with Alex falling back into a reserve role. So he will stay with the team. He won't go to AlphaTauri and he'll just be sort of their reserve driver, which has been an important role this season. I don't know if it will be as much next season, but either way, it's going to be Perez, apparently according to Sky Sports. So that's that's that. Um, right. Let's have a chat about McLaren then. And I'm Hold sure on, McLaren. Real go quick. On. I like go how on. you make us argue and debate and then go, oh, well, the news is actually... <laughs> Cheers for that. And I now have got. I now don't really like Ruth as much because we argued. And that's because of you. <laughs> well, my job. I have to say, I'll be very disappointed with Red Bull if they do replace Albon. I feel like it's just prolonging the the need to get a driver who can stand along Verstappen, which Albon is proving that it yeah. is not the worst driver for doing that. And you know, I don't know. We'll I have just, to see it. I will out. be very disappointed in you, Christian Horner. Avid watcher. If you yeah. get rid of Albon. I want, I want viewer. <laughs> Christian Horner, I want viewer. Um, Alexander Brusby. <laughs> right then, McLaren. Let's talk about McLaren. Reese, you can perk up a bit now. This is your time to shine. Um, P3 in the constructors after it all went pear-shaped for Racing Point in that last race. Um, for McLaren, and uh, I, mean, I know, Reese, you haven't been a McLaren fan for their horrible McLaren Honda days. You've come in in, I think, 2018, 19s, really, when you started. I came in when it started going better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, for a team that five years ago were at the bottom of the Constructors' Championship, pretty much, I think they were ninth, um, DNFing from every other race, it felt like, to come back and finish third after five, in five years' time, to go from last to third is remarkable. I think you should really be proud of of your team, Reese, because... um, I think what you've done this year is incredible and personally I am very excited to see what next year looks like for you with a Mercedes in the back and Ricardo in the front you know as a McLaren fan that's got to feel good doesn't it you know how does it feel and how how does it feel being a McLaren fan seeing what you've achieved this season and looking at what could be to come in the coming seasons yeah. it's got to be confidence inspiring doesn't it yeah, it's nice like Doug I can't stop smiling like as much as I love Carlos Sainz I feel like uh, Daniel Rick. Well, I, I mean, I, I used to support Daniel Ricciardo before I even followed the team in F one. Mm. Um, he's he's just he's still got it, and he's proved this weekend that he's still got it. Yeah, um, doing that massive stint on the hard tires, like you know, people were questioning why why get Ricciardo in, but I, I think he's proved why to get him in this whole season. You know, two two or three podiums. I think it was two podiums and then one podium for Ocon for Renault. Yeah, but um, like. Oh, I'm so excited to get the Mercedes in the back as well. 
it's that, gonna be that, but it's going to be unbelievable. I feel like I feel like next year though we're not going to finish third. We'll finish a little bit lower down, but that'll just be trying to get used to the new engine. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. However, um, it is looking very good for us. I remember when I first started really watching F1 like religiously, like with you, mm. and uh, you were like, "Oh, go and pick your team," and I was like. Uh, McLaren, and you were like, really? <laughs> because they, cause they just finished. I think it was like seventh in the season beforehand, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go, I'll go for McLaren. Go on then. And then they did so, a fourth. Yeah. And then now they they're doing a third. It's yeah. very impressive. It definitely is. Um, Ruth, obviously, you're not a McLaren fan, but you're also not not a McLaren fan. No, so, I, think, I think they're a perfectly good team. You know, I, I, you, there must be some some hope from you to see them do well next season to see what they can achieve. Yeah, I think it would be nice to see them closer to the front having more teams much closer will obviously make it much more interesting Mm -hmm. to watch overall this was already really interesting because you know mclaren racing point renault they were all in contention for third yeah and mclaren came out on top considering they have the least amount of podiums between you know those they only have two racing point have four i think it was renault had three yeah and they still came out on top. So obviously, you know, they're doing something good. The car's good. The drivers are good. So there's no reason why they can't, you know, push and do even better than they did this season. And I think I also say, I don't know if, I know you watched it, Reese. Um, McLaren put out an incredible, honestly, it made me a bit emotional um, promotion. Yeah, uh, an emotional promotional video. Um, it's called No Strings Attached, where obviously they couldn't get Lando and, and Carlos together because of COVID. So they made puppets of themselves to rewatch their best bits of, of the past two years. And it was really emotional. Um, yeah. Just a look back at everything they've achieved and everything they've done over the past two seasons. They've come a long way. And I think McLaren are very proud of what they've done. You could tell just by the reaction of the mechanics in that garage when they got third place, they were so happy. Uh, did you team... see the um did you see the team radio that I tagged you in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Like, the Zach gets on the radio. Zach gets on the radio and he's like, Ah, oh, well the Lando good race and like Lando <laughs>, laughs to himself and then he goes, Cheers, Zach in like the most American <laughs> accent he can possibly do. It's but then great. it was also nice seeing that because Lando was talking to the Spanish side of the garage, which is obviously Carlos's people, yeah, and yeah. just saying, thank you so much for everything. Thank you so much for helping me. And yeah. then they even linked up Carlos's and Lando's radio so they could talk to each other a little bit while they were driving alongside each other. It's really nice. Really, really nice. And I mean, those who are, they're not just teammates. You can tell they've got a really good relationship. They're really good mates. And I think uh, I think everyone at McLaren is happy for Carlos. No, it's not, there's no sort of anger between them that Carlos is going is leaving everyone's happy for him that he got that job at Ferrari because he's just bettering himself and he's doing exactly what they want him to do and I think everyone there is happy they're getting Ricardo in which I think is an equal they're not losing out I don't think they're getting an equally or if not better driver in I think everyone's happy and and it's a really good future for you definitely the way I see it is just like a thank you Carlos sort of thing like he he chose to drop out of the Red Bull drivers program to come and give us a chance. Yeah. He gave us a chance and did it exceptionally better than anyone expected him to do. Yeah. And he's de- he deserves to go and have that Ferrari drive and hopefully Ferrari don't kind of screw him over. Well, I think, yeah. I mean, he's probably wishing he stayed with McLaren now. I think this, season, is, but... this is a point that we've touched on before as well. This is how teams in F1 should be. Mm, There's no definitely. rivalry between the two drivers. They're not pitted against each other you know just because Lando's had a bad week it doesn't make him an awful driver you know Mm. it's just nice that they have that sportsmanship between the team team. which is what all of them should have 
in F1 and what we don't see very often. I agree. And I think, to be honest... Go on, Marie, sorry. I was going to say, it's like with the McLaren Unboxed. You can see how much they all get on as a family, not just as a team, as the McLaren family, which Zach Brown keeps calling it, because it is a McLaren family. And you can see how much they're getting along when they're doing like the the behind-the-scenes videos. And I'm just excited to watch Daniel Ricciardo and Lando with the same sense of humour, both peeing around. In the uh, in the unboxed videos, if you don't know what they are, they are on the McLaren's YouTube page. Go I, I go look know. at them. It's like a behind the scenes. I don't know if you picked up on this in that race, Reese, but Daniel Ricciardo, who was behind Carlos Sainz, finished seventh, and Sainz had a bit of an awkward um, thing in the pit box where he slowed down a bit to kind of stop racing point, and there was a big investigation to it, and it was said it'd be investigated after the race, and. It was known that he could the maximum penalty he could get for that would be a 10-second penalty. Now, Daniel Ricciardo mm-hmm. at the end of that race was behind the McLaren and somehow managed to consistently keep a 10-second gap to Carlos Sainz. And I was there thinking, I think um, Ricciardo, I think he's doing this on purpose. Um, oh, Reese, you're going a bit you're going a bit robotic. <laughs> I went, I went. Yep, sorry. I don't like it when you uh, when you say that people are cheating. It makes me turn into a robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think he was cheating, but I think he was thinking, if I could be the third garage along next year, that would be much better for me. I think I almost think he was like, I'll make sure Carlos gets that sixth place. I'll make sure he doesn't lose that. Yeah. Which is maybe the McLaren family I mean, opening a bit earlier. He also drove alongside <laughs> them at the end. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, that was very nice. And like he a was like, of the torch. this is mine. This is going to be me next year. I think he's excited to join that family. I really think he is. Um, anyway, just like that, uh, another F1 season has come and gone. I don't know if anyone wants to talk about anything else in the race, but I think more or less we've pretty much covered it. Reese, do you want to say anything else about I the think, race? I mean, I think I think we've done well to drag this long out with this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like that, another F1 season has come and gone. Um, and the first year of the F1 Rearview podcast is done. Um, and... For me, personally, I'd just like to say a massive thank you to you, Reese, and you, Ruth, for, for doing it with me this year. It's been, honestly, so nice being able to properly do this with you guys. Like, for so long, I've had a passion of F1, and I've wanted to share it and, and make something like this. So, to be able to find you two, to be willing to do it you're with say- me, it means you're so saying much. You're it like so you, thank we didn't you. all come up with the idea together. It was my idea. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> we have one episode left of season one next week as i said before it's the season review where ooh, we're going to be ooh. oh question um are we going to do the draw our own f1 cars again and stuff like that and ne- yeah, that next, really year. next year yeah we'll... like in the next yeah. year bit yeah yeah, yeah when we, when yeah, we yeah, pretend yeah. to be kids again we'll make our own liveries um yeah but come back okay. next week where we'll be doing the last episode of season one where we'll be looking at everything throughout the 2020 season and picking out some of our best bits um, and also speculating a little bit on what is to come next year. Finally, though, before I completely sign off and we stop this, guys. Uh, oh. Are I we wanna, sure we oh. want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this this week and not save it for It's a little teaser, EC. It's a little teasy. Yeah, no, it's a teaser, but let's let's say people are like, oh, we'll just tune in to see who the uh, driver of the season is. Well, we'll do it right now. Okay. I think we should do it right now. Uh, is that because you haven't prepared? Is that because you haven't prepared? Yeah, yeah I haven't thought um, about it long enough. <laughs> yes, right. Well, before we do sign off, guys, we normally do um, our race preview for the next race, but obviously we're not doing that this, e- this week because there isn't another race. So I want to hear what you guys think your driver of this season has been and who has really impressed you. And just give me a little sentence as to why you think that person was it. Um, Reese isn't prepared, so I'll go to Ruth first so Reese can have a bit of thinking time. Um, Who was really impressed with this For me, season? I'd say Leclerc. 
Leclerc. He has an awful car. Mm-hmm. We all know he has an awful car. He's had some great races. He has managed to squeeze two podiums out. How on earth he's done that, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, for me, he has to be my driver of the season. So. Okay, thank you. Reese. then, how are you prepared for your driver of the season? Uh, so it'd be easy to say, you know, Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz. Uh-huh. Uh, however, I'm going to go for an outside one. I'm going to go for Fittipaldi. The Ooh. way he jumped into that Haas, cracking lad. Wow. So after two races out of 17, after two ra- <laughs> he is your driver of the yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. He deserves it more than anyone in that paddock. Well done, Pietro Fittipaldi. Um, Someone tweet him, please. Tell him that he's driver of the season. Well, personally for me, um, it's got to go to Pierre Gasly. I think Pierre Gasly, hands down, has been the most impressive driver this season for me. That Alpha Tauri, we've said it before, is a bit of a middleman. It's not at the front with the Renaults, the McLarens and the Racing Points, but it's also not at the back with the Hasses and the um, Alpha Romeos and the Williams. It's in that middle wrap ground. And Pierre Gasly, I think, has really made that car work. He's had some really good points in that car. He got the win. He, he won in Monza, um, which was just incredible. So, yeah, Pierre Gasly for me, driver of the season. So that's it, guys. All the races say, are would- done. I, I would be picking, actually thinking about it now, probably George Russell for always being consistent on a Saturday. There we go, Mr. Mm-hmm. Saturday. Mr. Saturday. I mean, He's to not be fair, Mr. That Sunday car... yet, though, is he? He's not quite, well, not he could quite have been. Mr. Sunday. He could have been, but Mercedes yeah. Pitcrew messed I mean, that up. To manage to get that car, though, qualifying 15th or above, mm. like, you know, good on him. Definitely. Anyways, wrap it Definitely. up. Send it, send it home. Well, there it is. Um, we haven't had any issues in this podcast touch wood it won't go wrong on me signing off um we haven't overheated we've got through to the end and that is another race done it's the last race of the 2020 season um so thank you so much to everyone at home for joining us for this episode uh make sure you do come back next week for the season preview we're recording it in a minute and it's going to be really good um so from me i've been tom i've been producer Ree. i've been producer Ree. see you next week and we'll see you next week thank you very much Bye now.